Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the When in Spain podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bird. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are around the world. Well, where am I? It's pretty noisy, as you can hear where I am. Well, let me just tell you that I'm sipping a cafe con leche whilst traveling at just under 300 kilometers per hour, rocketing through Castilla-La Mancha, Spanish countryside. The planes are racing past me as I speak to you as I'm looking out the window now. Well, there's only really one place where you can stand and watch the countryside zoom past you at almost 300 kilometers an hour whilst you relaxingly sip a cup of coffee. Of course, I'm on the high-speed Ave train. Left Madrid about uh, 20 minutes ago from Atocha station, and we are headed to the beautiful city of Cuenca, which is about 100 miles or about 165 kilometers east of Madrid, a slightly southeast of Madrid, actually. Uh, the train journey from Madrid takes about 55 minutes on the high-speed uh, Ave train. And this train will actually continue its journey on to Albacete, which is also in Castilla-La Mancha. And its final destination, in fact, will be the beachside city of Alicante. I would quite like to stay on this train all the way to Alicante, but I haven't got time. So I'm just making uh, a day trip. And I suppose most people have heard of Cuenca. I've certainly heard of it, but I've never been before. Um, and I guess it's well known for being a very well-preserved medieval Spanish city. And also because of its uh, geographical location uh, perched on a kind of cliff peninsula with two rivers running each side of it, famous for its hanging houses, its casas colgadas, uh, which are perched on the edge of these, uh, these cliffs inside uh, the city. So uh, hopefully going to be strolling around and having a look at that later on. But I'm also going to be bringing you other things to see and do in Cuenca, um, which is a very easy to do day trip uh, from Madrid. So I will speak to you again once we've arrived in Cuenca. Cuenca, la casa colgada, el puente San Pablo, la plaza mayor. Cuenca, ciudad encantada, las hoces del jugar, el huecar mejor. Cuenca. Estás en el medio de nada. <ríe> bueno. ¿Cuánto tiempo estaría andando? Como media hora, ¿no? Más. Pues donde vamos nosotros hay 7 kilómetros. Ah, vale, 7 kilómetros es bastante. Se me alegra el corazón. Ok, so, I've arrived. Um, that was a bit of audio of me expressing my surprise to the taxi driver because I had to get a taxi from the station because the station, when I came out of the station, I thought, hang on a minute. We're nowhere near Cuenca. I can't even see Cuenca from, from the Ave train station. Yeah, these things that happen sometimes. Uh, I'm making mistakes so that you guys don't have to when you come. Um, basically, there are two train stations for Cuenca, and I hadn't realised that, and I probably should have realised that. Um, when I was doing my, my research, um, I saw that there was a train station basically in Cuenca, or 20 minutes walk from the historic centre, so I just assumed that that was the only station and that the Ave train would arrive there and I just have a 20 minute light walk on my hands into the centre. Not the case unfortunately. There are two stations and of course the Ave network being much 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 newer um, many of the Ave stations. I should have known this because it's just I've 
It's the same for many other cities around Spain. Many of the AVE stations are actually quite a way out of the center of the cities. Um, and in this case, the AVE station for Cuenca is some seven kilometers from the center of Cuenca. Luckily, there were taxis waiting outside the station. And so I jumped in a taxi, 12 euros, took about 20 minutes. The taxi driver, as you just heard me talking to, um, very kindly dropped me in the Plaza Mayor, which is where I'm talking to you from now. So that's just something to take into account. Now you can catch a train from Madrid to the smaller station, which is in the center. Um, but these are the, this is the station for the slower regional trains. Now those regional trains I looked from Madrid take up to three hours. Um, so not really practical for a day trip. So there you go, something to take into account, something that I hadn't <laughs> realized. I did see at the station, the Ave station, there was a bus as well bus could be option i just had a feeling that that would take quite a while so i hopped in a taxi anyway here i am i'm stood in front of the casa consistorial which is kind of another way of saying ayuntamiento or town hall bright yellow uh, three arches which uh, actually straddle the narrow street that leads you into the plaza mayor bright bright yellow facade in this stark morning winter sunshine here in cuenca Seems to be lots of works going on in the Plaza Mayor. I expected it to be a bit quieter on a Monday morning, but we've got all sorts of obras, works going on in the square. Anyway, um, Casa Consistorial, which uh, dates back originally to around the uh, 1550s. This is the town hall. Beautiful entrance to the square. Next to it is a big banner hanging down saying uh, 25 Cuenca, Ciudad Patrimonio de la humanidad 1996 to 2021 um basically uh cuenca was designated a world heritage site in 1996 so it's just last year it celebrated its 25th anniversary um just to left of me we've got this old convent convento de las esclavas convent of the slaves that dates back to the 16th century these barred windows and this light pink frontage and right next to it a little uh alleyway with steps running up alongside the convent um one thing that strikes me driving into cuenca is very hilly it's built on these kind of cliffs anyway i'm just walking under the arches of the ayuntamiento gorgeous kind of burgundy colored portico the ceiling of these archways big imposing lanterns hanging out swinging in this quite stiff breeze that's blowing and as you walk into the square well let's just look back at the uh, arch of the archways of the town hall ivory colored stonework very ornate got some flags blowing in the breeze spanish flag the flag of the castilla la mancha and flag of cuenca and a european union flag up Above the balcony, above the arches, it says there Restaurada en 1881. It was restored in 1881. And then it was, uh, it's got another date there. It says Town Hall 1960. So I don't know if something else happened then. Anyway, uh, it's a very beautiful entrance into the square. But the thing that really strikes you when you walk in, here comes a guy in a little dumper truck. There's a crane parked on the other side of the square. Oh, what on earth are they doing? Another truck delivering the orange bombonas, the gas bottles. So I'm just walking through a few 
tables and chairs on the square on the terraza. Beautiful sunny day. I mean, there is not a cloud in the sky. Pretty cold though. It's about, I don't know, must be 10, 10 degrees Celsius. The lovely thing about this square is it's a real mishmash. On each side, you've kind of got these three to four story townhouses all painted these different colors and they're kind of like okra, terracotta, gray, all with their little green blinds rolled down and their little uh, black balconies on the other side as well. On the other side you've got a few cafes and shops beneath these townhouses. They kind of slant backwards. I don't think there's a right angle among any of these townhouses. Comes a great big truck with a skip on the back. I can't, it's just like busier than Gran Via. <laughs> Tiny Plaza Mayor in Cuenca. There goes the guy delivering the uh, gas bottles, right. Better peace and quiet. And you've got these kind of uh, round tiled roofs and they're all, they're all uneven. Don't know how are they are. They look to me that they probably date back to the 1700s. The thing that you really notice when you walk into the square on your right hand side as you walk up is Cuenca's Cathedral. Super imposing. Um, it's a Gothic cathedral and its full name is Catedral de Santa Maria y San Julián de Cuenca and in fact it's one of the earliest examples of Gothic architecture in all of Spain built at a time when Romanesque predominated as the architectural style on the Iberian Peninsula and this Gothic example in particular reflects the Norman and Anglo-Norman architecture of the 12th century bit like the uh, style of the Notre Dame in Paris of it if anyone has uh, seen that so as I look up to it again it's got this beautiful cream colored stonework we've got steps up to the uh, doorways we've got three archways with these iron studded doors with crests on and then above the central archway we've got a rose window and then each side of the rose window, curiously, you've got two big archways, which you would think would be windows, but they're not, because when you look through them, you just see bright blue sky. Apparently in 1902, the bell tower collapsed and actually a lot of the uh, facade was uh, renovated in a neo-Gothic style. So I've just wandered down from the Plaza Mayor. We're in Calle del Clavel, which is... Uh, Carnation Street. On one side we've got the uh, Episcopal Palace. In this square though we've got a statue of Alfonso VIII, King of Castilla, uh, on horseback. It's a lovely little square, this bright blue building on the left with a little cafe below it. Love the uh, colours the uh, facades here. Now I've noticed um, off the Plaza Mayor tiny little uh, signposts on the side of the buildings which indicate kind of little routes to some of the key sites. Now Cuenca I suppose is most famous for its Casas Colgadas which are the hanging houses with these houses which are built right on the edge of these cliffs which look down into the uh, to the gorge which uh, surrounds the city so i'm just looking up here it says museo de cuenca then we've got casas colgadas and convento de san pablo um let's go and wander down 
and uh, find the hanging houses. As I understand it, the best views of these hanging houses are obtained from crossing a bridge, which I believe is called the San Pablo Bridge, I think, which crosses one of the gorges, and so it gets you the distance away, and you can look back and see these, these hanging houses in the distance. So let's get away from all of that noise and drilling and trucks. So we've got the uh, Museo de Cuenca. I will talk a bit about the museums um, later because I did a bit of research into the museums. There are lots of really great museums in Cuenca. Considering the size of the city, there are a lot. Problem I have today is Monday and today I have a day off work and it's the only day really I had free to come. Sadly, most museums are closed on Mondays. I suppose as many of you probably know, most museums in Europe tend to be closed uh, on Mondays, unfortunately. I guess I've weaved my way down through these little uh, alleyways, through archways and uh, tunnels, and uh, you come out into this viewpoint, which uh, gives you a view down into the into this gorge and uh, and the San Pablo footbridge, <laughs> which may not be for the faint-hearted. It's a 60-metre-long wooden iron bridge. Apparently this one was built in 1902, but it's built on the remains of an earlier 16th century bridge, which collapsed. Anyway, this bridge passes about 40 metres above the uh, Wekar Gorge. Well, I'm going to walk across it now. There are a few people on the bridge taking photos. The reason for crossing this old bridge is at the other end, basically the other side of the Weka Gorge, is that you can look back and get the best view of these uh, casas colgadas, these hanging houses. So let's walk across. Beautiful view as you walk out across the gorge. Below you've got uh, a small uh, river stream shimmering in the sunshine. Trees, you've got a small road so I'm wood, walking across these wooden boards and just look back you can see the kind of side of the city the side of Cuenca I keep saying city it is a small city it doesn't feel like a big city it's like a big town I suppose I don't know um, but you get to see all these kind of uh, cliffs the cliffside that stretches all around and uh, built on every surface of the cliffs are our buildings are houses churches convents absolutely spectacular a few people taking photos and selfies okay so now i've crossed over almost completely to the other side of the bridge over the wakar gorge you get a really good kind of overview of the edge of the city, which is all perched on these um, on these golden cliffs that uh, are right at the edge of the gorge. It's really impressive. It's very unusual geographically to see all of these densely built ancient uh, houses, churches, uh, monasteries. All nestling together, clinging to these, uh, clinging to these rocks, clinging to the tops of these cliffs. 
So the origin of this complex of houses is unknown, but there is proof of their existence which dates back to the 15th century, although since then many of them have disappeared, i.e. they've fallen off the edge of the cliff. And many of them have been refurbished um, up as uh, recently as the 1920s. Most of them were used over the centuries as, uh, as private homes. Uh, some of them restaurants. And uh, actually today, one of them is home to the Spanish Abstract Art Museum, um, which I think is closed annoyingly today because I know that if you go inside that museum, you will get absolutely fantastic views out across this, uh, this gorge um, from the other side. Um, but I think it's closed today anyway. This is the Museo de Arte Abstracto Español, um, which is kind of a shame. But anyway, can't really do much about that. It is a Monday and uh, these are closed. But uh, what a spectacular sight this is, uh, especially with this uh, vivid blue sky as the backdrop and the kind of stark winter sunlight just capturing all these kind of yellows and golds and terracottas and okra and mustard colour of, uh, of some of these buildings. And then the, the bright uh, cream cliffs with the vegetation and these little and the very stark shadows of the cliffs as well. And then views down into this, uh, into the Cuenca Gorge. It's uh, absolutely spectacular. Well worth a visit, I would say. As for the hanging houses that you can see, I think there really only are three or four. And when we say hanging houses, they, they're not quite what I expected. When people used to talk of Cuenca and say, oh, you must go and see the hanging houses, I kind of had images of these wooden houses being suspended somehow, completely suspended, you know, via, I don't know, on cables or something. But basically, what they are are, are, are three, four, five-storey houses with little wooden balconies which are just perched right right on the edge of uh, of this cliff so i'm walking up along the top of the other side of the gorge uh, looking back on the the uh, cliffs of cuenca um as you walk up and you can't miss it because you'll see it looking across is the uh, Convento de San Pablo, which is the uh, St. Paul Convent. And this is perched on the other side of the uh, Wecker River. And uh, it was built in 1523 for the Dominican Order. And uh, interestingly today, it's been restored as a Parador Hotel. This would be a spectacular place to come and stay. If you're visiting uh, Cuenca and you wanted to overnight and you were... Uh, want to treat yourself to somewhere four star absolutely beautiful location uh looking down on the gorge and across to cuenca so there you go here we are the convento de san pablo i'm going to go and wander back across the san pablo bridge and uh, i think i'm going to go and find somewhere to sit down and get a snack maybe some early lunch we'll see what the options are we'll see what's open so from the uh, Plaza Mayor, just taken quite a long stroll actually up the very aptly named Calle Larga, <laughs> Long Street, which winds its way uphill. Um, but it's worth the walk. You walk up and you very noticeably kind of come out of the historic centre of Cuenca, and uh, just at the top of the hill, there are old. 
uh, remains ruins of Cuenca's castle called the Castillo de Cuenca, of course. And up here we are at the highest point of the city. So it was originally an Arab fortress which was captured uh, by Alfonso VIII in the 12th century. And Alfonso VIII is uh, the king that I mentioned earlier, the statue. He's on horseback down in the center where he was the king responsible for driving the Moors out of Cuenca. Now, the castle isn't uh, all that exciting. They are ruins after all. Um, but the real reason for coming up to the top of the city here are for the views. Uh, all along the top of Calle Larga, you got these little viewpoints. And uh, wow, you can really almost see the entire city of Cuenca. You can see all of the cliffs, the cathedral perched on the top, the hanging houses, the uh, San Pablo Bridge, which I mentioned uh, earlier. All of this is below you now. So you're really high up here. And then beyond the cliffs and the Cuenca Gorge and the uh, Huecar River, and indeed the Parador as well, the old monastery, down stretching out, you can see the modern part of Cuenca in the distance, the tower blocks, the newer part of the city. And beyond that, stretching out into the distance, into the horizon, you can see the plains of Castilla-La Mancha. So this is a, a really good place to come if you've got good weather and it's sunny, because right along here, next to the uh, viewpoints, you've got a few cafes, bars and restaurants as well. So this is a great place to stop in the sunshine and admire this absolutely spectacular view. It's, uh, to me, it almost looks like Cuenca from here. It looks like a kind of, I don't know, a ship kind of set sail in the middle of this, this valley. Okay, so now I've sustained myself with some migas, ruleras, and some alitas de pollo, and some of the worst patatas bravas I've ever, <laughs> I've ever tried. Sometimes in Spain, I'm sure many of you will have unfortunately had this experience where the uh, bar's idea of uh, bravas is some tomato ketchup with a bit of spicy sauce mixed into it. Um, yeah, unfortunately, that's what I just encountered. The migas luckily weren't bad and the alitas were passable. The trouble is with these little cafe bars near to touristy viewpoints where I am now is you sometimes get substandard uh, fare. I'm, I'm quite surprised because the place is full of Spaniards. There are no tourists here today, although I did see a few milling around in the centre. I have to say, actually, uh, the centre of Cuenca in general um, was very quiet, but then it is uh, the very, very, very end of January, so I suppose it is low season. And, and I would say a good time to come, actually. Anyway, I wanted to take this opportunity to look at a bit of the uh, overall history of Cuenca. Um, as many of you long-term listeners know, I'm very into etymology and the origins of Spanish words and Spanish place names and that kind of thing. And, uh, well, according to my research, the uh, etymology of Cuenca, the name Cuenca, is a little bit misty, of course, as, as always. Um, but it could, could, it could derive from the Latin conca, which means river basin which would make uh, complete sense because uh, the location of Cuenca is basically perched on the edge of a river basin. It could also be derived from the uh, ruined Arab castle, right next to where I'm sat almost. And in Arabic, uh, that would be known as Kunka, so it could come from that. But one thing that is certain is that, that uh, the city of Cuenca is also known as the Eagle's Nest, which I rather like. And when I actually described uh, looking down on Cuenca earlier as like a ship, I thought actually a nest is a much, much better description of it. 
So the eagle's nest, um, because of its precarious position, um, perched on the edge of a gorge. During the Roman Empire, the Roman occupation of uh, Spain, in fact, Cuenca, where it's located today, was uh, uninhabited at that time. However, when the Muslims arrived here in 714, they very quickly realised the value of this strategic location. And so, therefore, they built a fortress called Cunca, between the two gorges dug between the river Hucar and the river Huecar. Basically, this is where I'm sat now. These are the, the castle, uh, the vestiges of the castle today uh, were built on the remains of this old Arab fortress, looking right down into this gorge. And you can completely understand why they chose it uh, strategically, because from where I'm sitting now, in the modern day, um, you're afforded these incredible views right out into the valley and across into the plains of Castilla-La Mancha. And I suppose you have to also think that the geographical location of uh, Cuenca is right deep, almost in the heart of what would then have been the Caliphate of Cordoba, which then did break up into several states or taifas. When that happened, Cuenca became ruled by the taifa of Toledo, which was uh, the largest at the time. And the jurisdiction of the taifa of Toledo spanned across the bulk of uh, the middle march, as you would call it, of Al-Andalus. In 1076, there was a failed attempt to conquer Cuenca by Sancho Ramirez. And then a little bit later in 1080, King Yaha al-Qadir of Toledo lost the taifa. And it was signed over in a treaty, the Treaty of Cuenca, with Alfonso VI of Castilla Leon, which ceded him the fortress in exchange for military help. So following the Christian defeat, Cuenca was captured by Taifa, king of Seville, al-Mutamid ibn Abad. However, when his lands were attacked by the al-Moravids, he sent his daughter-in-law Zaida to Alfonso, offering him Cuenca in exchange for military support. The first Christian troops entered the city in 1093. However, the al-Moravids captured it in 1108. Their governor in Cuenca declared independence in 1144. In 1147, Mohammed ibn Mardanis became king of Cuenca, Murcia and Valencia, and he defended his lands from the Almohad invasion until his death in 1172, after which his son had to sign a pact of tributes with the newcomers. Alfonso VIII of Castile. Now, he was only 17 years old when he tried to conquer uh, Cuenca and uh, Alfonso VIII I've spoken about there's a statue of him on horseback uh, down in the center Cuenca was finally conquered by Alfonso and his troops on the 21st of September 1177 and it fell in October of 1177 putting an end to the Arab domination the monument uh, that may not catch your attention straight away you may not notice it straight away uh, although it is right on the top of uh, a hillside overlooking Cuenca um, but I've uh, noticed it uh, where I'm sitting uh, from this viewpoint next to the uh, castle looking up even higher on the uh, neighboring hillside is the monument to the sacred heart of Jesus and it's on what's called the Cerro de Socorro. Uh, this monument is actually not that old uh, by uh, Cuenca standards. It dates back to 1951. And it's a 30-metre-high monument that was uh, sculpted by José Bieto Masib. Apparently, it cost, back in the day, a million pesetas. 
back in the 50s, its construction was promoted by Bishop Inocencio Rodriguez Diez. And it was dogged with problems, lack of funding. Lots of people here in Cuenca deemed it as offensive. There are negative, uh, it received a lot of negative press. And, and apparently all of the stones were transported up the hillside there uh, using donkeys. So there you go. Siempre que paso por Cuenca Se me alegra el corazón So there you have it. That was my fleeting day trip to Cuenca. I then had to rush through the old town to try and find a taxi. I almost missed my train because I realised in the historic centre there's no traffic, there are no cars, let alone taxis. Uh, so you have to walk a solid 30 minutes down the hill into the more modern part of Cuenca in order to find any kind of passing traffic. And I did manage to flag a taxi which got me back to the Ave station seven kilometres outside of uh, Cuenca just in the nick of time and then I zipped back to Madrid. Um, it's well worth a visit, certainly a day trip. I was there for about four and a half hours, so really not very long. I felt a bit rushed. I wanted to take uh, my time a bit more. So if you are doing a day trip, I'd highly recommend taking the Ave because it will get you there from Madrid very quickly. Um, but I would say you really need a, a complete day there. So aim to get there for maybe 10 o'clock in the morning and stay and get a train back um, you know after after dinner or later in the evening really make a full day of it when I recorded that uh, it was back at the end of January actually um, so it was very quiet I think it was a Monday morning uh, there were really very few people around uh, the town in fact it was kind of had a bit of a ghost town feel to it but I imagine now as we're getting into the spring and certainly in the summer months it's uh, it's definitely on the radar of uh, tourists and visitors to Spain so I imagine now it'll be uh, definitely busier and as I mentioned in the episode, of course, there is a parador. Uh, so that would be a great option if you want to splash out a little bit and have some uh, luxury accommodation in a very historic setting. I will put a link to that in the show notes uh, of this episode as well. So all in all, uh, Cuenca, a highly recommendable day trip from Madrid. Okay then, so as I always say, that will just about do it for this episode. Just before I go, I just wanted to give a very special shout out and big thank you actually to a new one in Spain patron. So a big thank you to Andrew Tornquist, who signed up to become a patron of the podcast and help support the work I do in putting it together. Another thing I'd like to mention just quickly is if you're fairly new to the podcast, what you may not know is that uh, when in Spain has a presence on the numerous social media channels. Um, most active, I would say, on uh, Instagram. So if you've got an Instagram account, go and give When in Spain a follow on Instagram. The handle is at When in Spain One. When in Spain one that's the number one uh, where I share photos of my travels around Spain around Madrid and I also share uh, photos that relate to the various podcast episodes so I will be sharing some lovely photos and videos of Cuenca on there uh, so go and check that out and also just to say it's really great to be back now with regular episodes after the six-month hiatus which I talked a bit about in the last episode um, but uh, really enjoying getting back into the swing of bringing you guys uh, regular When in Spain podcast episodes and I look forward to speaking to you again in another episode of When in Spain next week. Until then I bid you all hasta luego. Hasta luego.